0: Absolutely incredible. Uh, you guys, if you've been around for some time, you've probably heard about our discipleship program. Uh, we recently, so our discipleship program is a nine-month program that, that students will go through, some of you guys have gone through, uh, to just pursue what does it look like to actually follow after the Lord? What does it look like to, to chase after God and to live a life of discipleship? Realize Jesus didn't come to establish a religion. <laughs> he didn't come to make good Christians. He came to make disciples. And, and all, of, all of Scripture, we could see to where there's this, this process of discipleship. And, uh, and not that we have everything worked out or not that we have everything packed into this discipleship program, but over these nine months, we really challenge our students and challenge you guys to, to walk through and, and really look at what does it look like to live uh, a life just chasing after the heart of Christ, what does it look like to live a life to where we 're bringing kingdom influence into the different areas and realms of our life and uh, Over the next three weeks, we actually have our previous discipleship students are going to be sharing different testimonies with you guys that have happened over the last nine months. Uh, so, in May, at the beginning of May, uh, we finished off we went to cedar point to to kick off the the end of the program and uh, and they finished off so from September of last year to May of this year, some of these testimonies aren't going to necessarily be discipleship program related. That's not really what this is about. But they are going to be telling you and sharing with you what God's been doing in and through them over the last nine months and, uh, and beyond. So uh, we're really excited. We have two students and then uh, three students next week and three students the week after that. Um, so if Alon, where are you at? There she is. She's in the shadows. Alon, you could grab that mic right there. If you guys give Alon a warm, warm welcome. She's going to share with you. Yes. And then Alon will be kicking it off over to Alec, who will be coming up right after her. So I think you guys are going to be really blessed by this.
1: Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Okay. So I'm not as... Uh, extravagant with my money. So I don't have the money to afford a cool iPad to read my notes off of. So I'm going to read them off my phone just to clarify. So you're not like, why is she texting and speaking at the same time? Anyways, for my sake and your sake, I'm going to pray. So let's just close our eyes and pray real quick, because if I don't, it's going to be a mess. All right. Oh, Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for bringing us here. It's not an accident that we're here. It's not an accident um, that we were even born. And I just ask that you provide me with the words to say to each and every person in here that it's not coming from my heart, but it's coming from yours. And I just pray that um, just for so much peace in this room and so much uh, of your love and your goodness, God, and we just thank you for what you're doing here tonight and within access and in Res Life Church in general. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okie dokie, artichoke. All right. Um, So yeah, I'm Elon. I'm 20. I'm from Texas. Hey, I'm from Texas. (laughs) And so I thought it'd be cool to show you guys where I'm from. So wait, how many of you guys have actually been to Texas? Don't put it up yet. Whoa. (laughs) Wow. Anyways, here, I just want (laughs) to Oh Ricky, here I want to th- throw up a picture of where I'm from. I don't live here at all. This is uh, the town. <laughs> yeah, I wish I was that rich. I wouldn't read notes off of my phone. This is where I'm from. Uh, <laughs> it's called Sugarland, Sugar, land, sugars, and then Space, and then Land, Texas. It's 30 to 40 minutes outside of Houston, so it's like Holland compared to Grand Rapids. Um, yeah. That's like our cool hangout spot. That's where you know you take your homecoming pictures, you eat at the fancy rich restaurants and uh, see famous people. Anyways, that's it. Also, I guess I have another picture I'll sh- show you if you want to throw it up. It's a uh, sunset at Mackinac Island like three years ago. I was on a boat. I was on a boat, that's a fun song. I was on a boat and <laughs> and it was like, I went under the bridge and whatnot and I took this picture and I was like, oh God, you're so good. And then it ended up being in my yearbook, my senior year as the front cover. And I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. Anyways, so let's get on with what I'm trying to talk about. Ooh, I'm so glad for chairs. <laughs> Praise the Lord for chairs. So I wanna talk about just my life. This is so cozy. I like chairs, sorry. I'm getting like distracted. Anyways, to <laughs> talk about my life. Um, so I went to a small church in Texas, very small, maybe like half of you guys, or maybe this was it. I don't know. And so coming to res was a huge change for me. Mega church, small Texas girl going to a big mega church, huge change for me. And a lot of godly people here, like, whoa. I mean, there were godly people at my other church, but like Y'all are, like, really spiritual. And for me, which is a good thing, but there are some things that, like, you know, as meeting new friends, trying to get assimilated to the culture here, trying to, to, like, make friends, and they're like, yeah, you know, I read my Bible this much, and I pray for, like, 30 hours, and I fasted for, like, three years, and I'm like what is fasting <laughs> excuse me and so <laughs> there was this like uh, this underlying thing as you know it's funny but it started to become like this underlying pressure and then i was making new friends right so i'm like ooh i'm from texas they're from michigan how do i like how do I be myself around these people? How do I like be cool? You know, it was hard. So I'm dealing with these underlying things. I have this religious spirit culture trying to attack me. Like you're not reading your Bible enough and you're not praying enough and yada, yada, yada. And it was affecting me and it, I just started placing my own like, expectations on myself because of what I was hearing, not because my friends, are, my friends aren't bad. It was just the enemy trying to attack me and like, put pressure and expectations on me that I didn't want. And I was like, talking to my mentor about it and uh, just different things going on in my life. And she goes, Elon, no one's putting this pressure on you. And I was like, oh, you're right. No one was. I was putting this pressure on myself because of what I was seeing my friends do, because I had a desire. I was like, I want to read my Bible a lot. I want to pray for like three hours a day. Um, I want to like be myself in front of my friends. I want to be authentic. I want to be real because that is very rare in this society. And I wanted to just show myself to my friends and even to God, 100% of who I am and like who he's called me to be. And so that was a huge struggle. But with my mentor telling me, like, hey, like, there's no pressure, that really opened the doorways. It was like, whoosh, okay. Now I can truly open my eyes and change my perspective of realizing that no one was putting any expectation on me. When I hang out with my friends, they're not expecting me to be someone that I'm not. They're not expecting me to act a certain way. God is not expecting me to have this really structured, detailed uh, Uh, time committed, I mean, he wants my time, he wants to spend time with me, but it wasn't as structured as I was making it up to be. And so through this, I had to realize and become vulnerable with myself because I'm putting up these expectations for myself, I'm putting this pressure on myself, and it was hiding my emotions and my feelings. And I became very frustrated with God because I was like, I'm trying to spend time with you and I can't make the time and I'm trying to be myself in front of my friends. And it was just getting so much. And I had to sit in my car multiple times and just cry and be like, God, I'm frustrated at you. I am mad. And I know it wasn't his fault, but he had to know how I felt because if i keep it up in here it's only going to stay in here and i had to tell him how i was feeling i had to cry i had to be emotional and my fear of being emotional was because i told you guys a few months ago that i dealt with depression and so i had this fear that if i was super emotional then i was going to seep myself back into depression which is a lie it was how i controlled my emotions that would get you that would bring me back into depression so it was me realizing that I have to be vulnerable with God and I have to tell him how I feel and then move on and you have to tell him how you feel and you got to move on and so that was just how it went for me and so one of the verses that I was really like God was showing me he was talking about grace during this period and it's still process let me say I'm still in a process I am not perfect just to let you guys know anyway so during this whole thing, he gave me this verse. It's 2 Timothy 2.1, and this is from the NIV. And it says, Timothy, my dear son. Oh, wait. This is the passion translation. Sorry, my bad. It says, Timothy, my dear son, live your life empowered by God's free-flowing grace, which is your true strength found in the anointing of Jesus and your union with him. And that helped me realize that what I was dealing with, the pressure, There's so much grace in like your relationship with God. There's so much grace. Grace is unmerited faith, unmerited meaning that you receive something that you didn't earn. And he's like, I love you so much. I care about you so much. You don't have to worry about it. Like, it's okay if you, if you missed a, a day in your Bible plan on the Bible app. I mean, the Bible app might, might make you feel bad, but I don't really care. You know, you have like this like 33 day streak and you miss one day and you're like, I'm a horrible Christian. You have a fifty-two week like streak and you miss one week and you're like, What in the world? Anyways, and so that's what he was showing me and he was like speaking to me as I was coming up with this. He's like, You can't be yourself if you don't know yourself and if you don't know the grace that I've given you. And so, from learning about this grace and from weeping and talking to my mentor and praying and reading the Bible and studying scripture, studying scripture, like breaking it down, like real, like I'm in elementary school, don't know nothing, break down because that's how it's got to be. I realized the biggest thing is like, it is not my job and it's not your job to be perfect. It is not your job to be someone else, because if you were supposed to be someone else, he would have made you someone else, and so that is one of the things he was teaching me, and it, it was like, he was telling me earlier today, like, he invites me to deeper levels, the expectation that I was feeling of, like, oh, I need to read my Bible board, it wasn't, like, a pressure, it was an invitation, it was him saying, hey, Elon, I know you love me, I love you, like, I want to get to know you more. And that's what he was showing me. And that's what he was bringing me into. It wasn't a pressure. It wasn't an expectation. It, it, was, it was an invitation. And I feel like for a lot of us, going to a big church or going to a small church or just being around church people, it's hard. It's hard. I'll say it for you. But it's not your job to be someone you're not. It's not your job to—it's not— part of you to feel or to put yourself under these unhealthy expectations. Now, there's certain expectations that are good. Don't get me wrong. But it's how you handle them and how you allow them to feed into your life. And it was just my desires becoming his. Psalms 37, 4 says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So my desire was to be myself in front of my friends and to read my Bible and to be a really good Daughter to my father. and And that's what he's growing me through is take me on a journey to be consistent and just to be myself and to be okay if I don't read my Bible every, every day and to be okay with myself if I didn't pray for an hour and I prayed for 45 minutes. It's okay, you know? Even if I wake up and pray for five minutes and forget about it, you know, for the rest of the day, he's okay with that with me. And it's like, he was telling me earlier, and I thought, whoa, God, this is some really cool stuff. He said, expectations aren't limitations, they're invitations. And that's just kind of what I want to share with you guys is that you might be feeling expectations because of like you're in school, you got to make good grades, you want to graduate early, not trying to be in school for 20 years, and then then have kids, whatever your life plan is, I don't know. It's not for you to feel like pressured or anything, just Go to God humbly as you are, and that's what he wants. Be vulnerable. It's okay to get mad at him. He'll listen. Throughout this entire process of what I was dealing with, he was always there. I, I would sit there in my car, and I'd cry, and I'd be like, I'm mad. And he was just I could imagine just him just sitting there like, all right, I'm listening. I still love you. I understand that you're hurting. It's so cool that Jesus came and helped bridge the gap between spirituality and humanity because it just helps me relate to him more. It helps me understand God more and realize that there's no pressure for me to do anything or to be anything except vulnerable and to love God and put my desires in him and to remain in him. John 15 talks about, you know, I am the tree, he's the branches, remain in me. I knew and read that. It's a good that's a good chapter. So that's all I have to say. Well, I could say more but I'm running out of time but that's just what I wanted to share I hope this is was encouraging if you want to talk about expectations you can, honor me. I can talk to God but I'm a person and I will give you advice for all your life matters except actually I'll just tell you to go to God so I just know the one who knows him anyways thank you so much here's Alec Duzan good luck
2: Oh, gosh, I'm so glad for this chair. I'm so tired. <laughs> whew, good job, Alon. Um, experts say I got about 20 seconds before all of you lose interest in me, so it looks like Alon put half of you asleep, so I say we're off to a good start. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Alon, you did great. This is actually gonna tie in really good. <clears throat> okay, um, yeah, whew. All right, I love to have fun, but I want to share with you guys a little bit more of a a serious, uh, more personal testimony uh, going into this. Um, A lot of you may not know, but about a year and a half ago, um, I went skiing with my buddy, my brother, and my dad, and um, my little brother, Ethan, he ended up hitting one of those fake snow uh, machine pole things, and um, he was rushed to the hospital, and he spent about, uh, it was a total, I have it all written down, but I'm just going to. Say it off my head. Uh, He spent about 15 months in the hospital. Um, You can put that first picture up, Alex. Uh, Psych. There you go. Um, He spent about 15 months in the hospital and he ended up losing his left leg. And um, uh, I don't, I've never really talked about it with anybody, but. for the first few months, it was really hard because he was on a lot of medications. And when he would wake up, he wouldn't remember what happened to him. And I was there one time when my dad uh, had to explain to him what happened. Uh, and it was heartbreaking because he couldn't talk. He had one of those things in his throat to breathe and uh, I could just see it in his eyes, like the, the fear and the, the anguish and just the desperation. And uh, it took everything in me not to break down in front of uh, my entire family in the hospital. and. Um, it was a really low point in my life i remember coming home one night i was sitting in the parking lot uh i was sitting in my driveway and i was just listening to music and i was just bawling my eyes out and i um i took my seatbelt off and i put it back on because i felt so alone and in that moment that was the only thing that had to come from me was that seatbelt and it was just it was uh, it was it was incredibly dark time for me and um you can put up that next picture this was him oh not that one that's him now. Thank God he's doing really good. But this was um, him getting AeroMed lifted from uh, Traverse City to Grand Rapids uh, downtown. But you could pull out that other picture. He's doing really good today. Uh, but thank God. Um, God really worked through that entire situation and brought me through a lot of stuff. In that time, I just I got really heavily into pornography and I just didn't know where else to go. I struggled with suicide and he, he brought me through all that. But I want to bring that up because I want to talk about the way that we um, handle certain situations in our lives. And rather than going to all these things like myself and trying to find comfort and peace, what I should have done is taken it straight to God and allowed him to just speak peace and comfort into the very DNA of my character and the fabric of my being. And so the title of this little message that I got is called Human Beings Versus Human Doings. And Pastor Pastor Duane said it uh, at the very beginning of the discipleship program class. Uh, he said, we're, we're human beings, not human doings, and it's stuck with me ever since. And um, I'm just going to read what I have because I don't want to mess this up. <laughs> God never designed us as tools to be used, but as beings to be in relationship with. We're not a means to an end for God or a tool to be used for one job and discarded for the next. We were designed to walk with God and rule and reign with him here on earth. We were not designed to live by a set of rules so that we could label ourselves with a certain title with hopes of going to heaven. We were designed to bring heaven here. We were designed to live in his glory and spread the light of the kingdom throughout all the earth. And so if you leave here with nothing else tonight but what I'm about to tell you, uh, it'll be fine because I'll be happy. And the main point is this. God is going to give you your identity before he gives you your purpose for your life. Uh, before I went through the program, I wasn't spending any time with God. Uh, I, wasn't, I was just bouncing around from you know one mind numbing job to the next, and I really didn't have anything that was giving me any sort of satisfaction or fulfillment. Uh, which, which pretty much sucks, you know, I mean, <laughs> you guys have, you guys have probably been there, um, so I'm not, just not to say that the program gave me anything, but it educated me on the fact that um, I was looking for my purpose in the wrong place, and it's not about what you can do, it's about what God wants to put in you, uh, The process that opened my eyes was and continues to be a collection of moments and encounters with God every day. In my quiet time with God, I would ask him, God, what is your purpose for my life? God, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? And all I got for about two weeks was my son and I love you. And uh, like that was it. Like there was nothing else. And I would spend, you know, at first like 15 minutes and then like an hour and all it was was I love you. And I remember one time in particular, he just said over and over, like, my son, my son, my son. It was just pounded into me. And I just began bawling in his presence. And I just felt his love so much in that moment, like there was nothing else. Like everything I had tried to, everything I had been trying to do to fill me up wasn't working. But in that moment, uh, two words, my son filled me up entirely. And so God is not going to give you a plan without giving him means and a way of executing that plan. And we've kind of heard it our whole lives, um, but I feel like it's never really clicked for us that God's not going to give you more than you can handle. So for us to expect that God would give us his plan for our lives before he develops our character and our our identity in Christ that he paid for, um, it's just like it's not going to work. He's not going to give that to you. Uh, And the biblical example is David... Before God sent David, uh, yeah, before God sent David to kill Goliath, He developed in him the strength and the courage and the trust uh, in God that He would carry him through that situation. And so David was prepared when the time came. I'm going to read First Samuel seventeen thirty-three through thirty-seven. Uh, it says David said this to Saul: Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock. Thirty-five. Oh, that's the verse. <laughs> Don't forget about that. I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord, who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine." God developed in David the courage, the strength, and the trust in that relationship that can only be built and matured over time with intentionality and a longing to be near to God. After my newfound understanding, I now know that my purpose comes hand in hand with my identity. You cannot have one without the other. I still don't know exactly where I'm going or what I'm doing. Uh, The Bible says that God is the lamp unto your feet and not the headlights that shine on the whole highway. He's not going to give you every step. Uh, It takes greater faith to follow God when he doesn't tell you the plan than when he lays it out all step by step for you at one time. As God, after God has developed you, he will start to lead you. In my personal experience, he he led me to my current job that I have, and I'm not trying to tell you that to go to God simply to get a calling for a job, but I'm telling you that the process for me, like, here it is. I'm not going to tell you that my process works, I'm going to tell you that God works. And nothing, nothing that I try to do is going to make my purpose come true. Uh, God's going to give it to you after he develops you. And not that, not that God gave you the job because I checked off a of, certain amount of boxes on a checklist that God's holding over my head, but because he's got a plan. And my plan looks different than your plan. And, I want to end with asking you guys just a couple questions that I want you to think about. Are you a human being or are you a human doing? Do you view yourself as a tool that God is using or not using? Or do you view yourself as a son or a daughter designed to walk in perfect harmony with God? Are you trying to find your purpose in a career, a hobby, a sport, maybe a relationship? Have you skipped the first step of the process? Have you been asking God for his plan for your life without first taking the time to let him develop his identity for you in you? So I want you guys to think about these things as you just go throughout the rest of your night and your week that try and surrender those areas where you've been striving and trying to go after what you think is your plan, but, um, all right, the picture's still up there. And just ask him, God, place that identity in me, and, s- and once you see, just l- allow him to let that breakthrough come through, and so that's pretty much all I got, so, Nick, where you at, man?
0: <clears throat> Is that not amazing? Oh, my gosh. Uh, and just before you walked away, I wanted to to just pray over Ethan, and um, would you guys just extend your hands? Let's just pray over Ethan because he's still got a journey to to go through of healing, and and just God's doing continuing to do a, a work in his life. So, Father God, we just uh, we just declare full healing over Ethan. God, creative miracles, healing miracles. Father, we thank you for the the faith and perseverance that you've. You've brought into this situation and God would just uh we continue to lift him up, Father, and the entire Duzen uh, family. Father God, that you would just uh supply to their needs, God, that you would bring in financial support to help pay for all the the uh hospital bills and, and whatever else needs to be covered, God, that you would just partner with them in incredible, incredible holy ways, God, to bring in resources. God, we thank you for the, the great miracle it is and, and was to, to continue to have Ethan with us today. So, Father, we just, uh, we just lift him up to you right now. God, we thank you for Alec. We thank you for his presence in Ethan's life and being able to, to encourage and uplift and help him uh, just see a, a bright future and hope, God, that you would just give him words to speak into his family. God, that he could just release life, peace, and joy. In areas that need it. Father, thank you. We love you. We praise you. And pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. (laughs) I was over here taking notes from these guys. Alon says, You can't be yourself if you don't know yourself. It's not your job to be perfect. (laughs) Alex says, God will speak peace and comfort into the very DNA of your life. <laughs> I love he Yes, I want you guys to, to like really walk away with this one. Because when he, when he said this, I, I thought it was like one of the most profound things I'd heard all day. Do you think of yourself as a tool that's either being used or not used for God? Or do you think of yourself as a child? <laughs> it makes a big difference. Were you guys were you guys blessed by that? Can you guys do me a favor and just give them a a standing just let's just stand and honor these guys? (laughs) When you when you walk with a, a program like this, you know and you, you spend so much time together, you start to i don 't know I start to get kind of like a a father 's heart for him and it, I, I kind of have these proud papa moments when I get to to watch him up here just doing things that uh, that i 've seen in them the entire way through. Each of these guys has absolute incredible destinies on their life, and God is using them in incredible ways. Uh, and that's true about each and every one of you guys, but I don't necessarily have prop- uh, Proud Papa moments on each of you guys. It's <laughs> it's the, the students that I get to walk with. So let me just uh, I'm going to pray for you guys again next week. We're going to continue this series and then the week after that. Uh, so I, I encourage you to to continue to come back. Uh, it's really cool to see. Actually, this is a great opportunity to invite your friends and, and family to these kind of things, because There's something about testimonies, that God does a great work in people's lives. Uh, We talked about it in the past, but testimony means to do it again. So when you get to hear these guys and the breakthroughs that they're having and that they have had and that they're still continuing to walk into, it's just an invitation for God to do it again in your friends' lives and your lives. So I hope that you'll continue to join us for this, but let uh, let me just pray over you guys. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you. I thank you for every single individual in here tonight, God. God, I pray that tonight would be the meeting place with you. If someone in here, if multiple people in here have never experienced your love, Father, I pray that they would not leave this place until they have talked to someone and and truly understood what that looks like in their life, God. And even more importantly, God, that they would meet you in this place. I pray that not a single soul would leave this place tonight without an encounter with you, God, the living God. So, Father, we say, have your way. God, we say, have your way. God, we thank you for these students. We ask that you'd bless these students. We thank you for every single individual in here, God, that you would just bless each person in here, God. Increase them. Increase their capacity to carry your kingdom, to carry you into every realm and influence in their life, God. That we could be conduits, ambassadors for you and your kingdom. So, Father, have your way. God, we love you, we love you, we love you, we praise you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name.